Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hi, listeners. My name's Theo. I'm one of Bryony's producers. A bit of a different warning from me this week. There is a short discussion of a sexual nature in this podcast. Nothing too graphic, but just in case you're listening with young children. Hope you enjoy the show. I was just going to turn my mobile off, actually. Yes, that's probably a good idea. Not that it ever rings, right? Not that you ever call me. (laughs) I'm just joking. Now, this week's guest on Mad World is someone I know very, 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 very well because she gave birth to me. It's my mum, Jane Gordon, because your name is actually Jane Gordon. It's not my mum. Are you there? I am here. I'm here, darling daughter. (laughs) I'm so proud that you've managed to get the technology to work and that it's been seamless. I know. I did have some help. Now, Mum, I hope you've listened to this podcast before. Of course. And if you haven't, the first question that I ask every guest is, how are you really right now? Because we ask this question to people all the time and we go, oh, I'm fine, fine. You, I know you go, I'm fine, fine, fine. So how are you really quite right now? Well, I'm terrified, Brani. Is that is that a terrible thing to say? I'm terrified. Not of you, you understand. But... I'm terrified. Why are you terrified of being on a podcast? I'm terrified of being on a podcast with my brilliant daughter. And also because it's I've got my book coming out today. So Yes, so my mum, long before I ever wrote a word, my mother, just so everyone listening knows, was writing. So journalism and writing is very much a family business. A little bit of nepotism there. I basically followed my mum into journalism. But so I before we get to that, the reason I wanted to sort of, part of the reason I wanted to have you on was because I think there's a lot of people out there right now who are obviously separated from their family. We're now in, I think, week seven of lockdown, going into week eight. Who knows? But I really wanted to talk to you about what it's like being unable to see any of your family you live alone because you and dad are divorced Mm -hmm. which is for the best right (laughs) yes of course we're on good terms yes it's like you invite him around for like Christmas and things it's very weird anyway what has it been like tell me what have the last eight weeks been like for you mum well in many ways I'm very lucky because of course I don't live in the centre of London in a in a tower block with only a balcony or not even a balcony. I've got, I've got a, a garden, I've got a dog and a cat, so I'm not entirely alone. But I do, I do feel sad, actually. I do feel sad about, 
Like it, it almost hurts sometimes when I think about you, Bryony, and Edie, my granddaughter, and Rufus and Naomi, your brother and sister. I do. I worry about you all as well. What do you worry about? Us getting coronavirus because we all live in London. Exactly. And you can't, you know, you can't do, uh, as far as I can understand, things like click and collect, which I can do here, you can't do in London. Well, we can. Yes, I'm sure we can. I mean, we're, 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 you know, it's interesting that you say, oh, you feel lucky because I think there are also, I try and see myself as lucky because we've got a little garden you know in London you are there's still a few little shops open and we're near a common so it's very kind of normal you don't have to worry about us I do but no I do because your your sister's always going out to the off license well that's something I'm not doing anymore (laughs) mum I know you so I yeah because I've probably put you through a lot of worry over the decades you used to go to the off license a lot darling but (laughs) I I hope I give you less to worry about now I'm in recovery and I don't drink you're just fantastic I mean you always were fantastic and you were always very funny when you know when you'd had a couple of glasses but you're you're just terrific now. You're just you're so even. It seems to me. Well, this is not an interview about me. This is an interview about you. Okay. And I feel like as a daughter, I can get really. I'm sure this is something that you probably felt with your mum, and Edie will feel with me. The thing I've heard lots of times in therapy is that our parents know how to push our buttons because they installed them, <laughs> and. It's just normal, isn't it, to be annoyed with your mum and dad? Like, oh, you're so embarrassing. Like, even as, as I approach 40, I can still find, like, even just setting up this call, I was like, oh, mum, stop stop coughing. <laughs> mum, it's so embarrassing. You know, and I'm like, I'm going to be 40 in a month or something. I know you don't want, mum, by the way, everyone, mum doesn't let anyone know her age. And when I turned 27, she was like, you have to start lying about your age now because I cannot have a daughter over 27. <laughs> Anyway, it's good. I've come to terms with that. Okay, so, but like, I feel that this, like, I feel that this period of this lockdown period, this coronavirus thing, it's been very painful for lots of reasons. And it's obviously everyone would rather it hadn't happened, but it has. And I think that, like, for me, it's put a lot of things into perspective. And like the little, sorry, I've, I'm I'm a bit emotional at the moment. I think it's because it's full moon tonight or something. But like, you know, all those little things and I think, oh my God, I've been so petty and, you know, and I get so annoyed. And actually, I just, I really miss you. And I kind of, I want to see you and I hug oh, you. Oh, darling, I miss you. Oh, I want to hug you and Edie and even Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's not very huggy. <laughs> and the guinea pigs. The guinea pigs. So, Mum, you have this book out and it's called How Not to Get Old. Now, it's for older people, but I think that it's probably something that all of us could do with right now because our brains have become a little bit atrophied by being in lockdown and, you know, all of our normal distractions have gone. And this book is basically you spent how long? Like a year? A year. A year. Doing all of these basically under the under the guidance of a Cambridge neurosurgeon or something neuroscientist yeah you did all of these different things to help your brain stay young and 
you know, and, and, and productive and all the rest of it. Can you talk me through some of the things that you did, like learn to play the recorder while we were on holiday in France last year? Yes, indeed. I did learn to, I mean, I'm not at all annoying. <laughs> well, no, Edie played it more than I did, I think. Yes, no, I've got to, I can play Ode to Joy now on the recorder, which is extraordinary because I started off with three blind mice. And um, yeah. It's been really good. All these challenges I took on were advised by Professor John Simons from Cambridge. And he said to me I had to learn a musical instrument and a language. So I I did try and learn French. I'm not terribly good, but I'm better than I was. And he chose a French for me because it would stimulate my long-term and my short-term memory. What else did I do? I did um, a life drawing. I've done meditation. I've done swimming, a swimming system that for older people, which actually is because this is my body as well, Brani, but I'm trying not to, you know. Age. Exactly. So I took up boxing. Boxing? Yes, did you not know? No, I, I, you know, I I had to stop at the recorder because it was just too annoying. (laughs) No, boxing I love. And and boxing really involves the brain. You have to think very fast. So I took that up and that sort of helped my visceral fat levels and my BMI and and my weight and stuff like that. What else have I done, Bryony? I've forgotten. It's your book. I know. (laughs) know, This isn't isn't selling the book very well if you've forgotten Oh, I did. I'm so sorry. I did boring dancing as well, which I hated, but but which was very good. Why did you hate it? Why did I hate it? Because I'm I'm not a dancer. No, you're not a dancer. No, you're not. I've got two left feet and it was, you know, and, and that's one of the things, all the challenges, the challenges that were the most difficult for me and most unnatural for me to do, which was language probably and ballroom dancing was impossible. But having achieved the cha-cha-cha, you know, a reasonable rendition of the cha-cha-cha, I, I, I felt really brilliant about it. So it was really rewarding. And what you were saying about lockdown, I think one of the things that Professor Simons warns about as we get older, and I, I mean, even 40, I think, is this thing of barrier of what he calls a barrier of inertia, you know, where you think, oh, I, I can't be bothered to do that. And, and I think in lockdown, because the days are all the same, aren't they? It's very mm. easy to sort of put things off and, and not do anything. I know there are people who are doing amazing things like learning musical instruments and doing all sorts of things. But actually, I think a lot of us are just literally watching television. So what does the barrier of inertia do? Does it sort of make... It's manana, isn't it? You know, manana, I'll do that tomorrow. And if you can break through it, if you can do one thing, you, you'll get onto this virtuous cycle that will actually push you onto doing more and more things, which is what I did, because I was doing all these things at the same time. And uh, it was quite exhausting. So it doesn't have to be learning the cha-cha-cha or learning an instrument or learning a language. It can literally be doing the housework you're putting off. It could literally be cleaning out that cupboard or, yeah, just giving yourself one thing a day to actually do constructively, you know, that you've been putting off. It's really interesting because obviously I use a 12-step fellowship for my alcoholism. And one of the things that is suggested of you every day is to do two things you don't want to do. 
And it, I guess that's the same kind of thing, the barrier of inertia, because doing the things we don't want to do are actually the things that keep us sane. I thought they were the things, until lockdown, I thought those were the things that made me insane. But I've realised that having to go out of the, you know, go to meetings, stand at the school gates, go to the suit, you know, all those things I thought I hated, I realised are actually the things that keep me on an even keel and allow me to show that even if I don't want to do something, if I do it, the world will not end. Absolutely. And it's like running as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. you got that thing in the morning, don't you? Sometimes I think even you. Oh, you're... yeah, absolutely. Every morning. That's the old brain saying, nah, manana. So, so, so that, could you also tell me there was something I don't, I mean, I feel really just gross having to even bring this up with you. Mm-hmm. What's that, darling? <laughs> <laughs> you did something like, is there something like a sex? What the, there was something about pelvic floor muscles? Yes, I've done now that's very important. And that's very important at your age. All right, thank you. <laughs> well, it, it's that thing, you know, if you do if you've ever had any little problem doing a star jump where you've thought <gasps> or if you've ever bought any of those light leakage. Mom, this is so <laughs> gross. <laughs> It's not. We need to address it. I know. Because no one wants to be a dribbling old lady in more senses than one. I remember. Like, I know I know that we need to talk about it. I know all of that stuff. But it's so weird, isn't it? That when you try to do it with your mum, it's like gross. I, I remember last year when my book, You Got This, came out, which is like a mental health book for teenage girls. And I wrote about masturbation. And mum was like, she came up to me, she was like, I've got to the masturbation bit of the book. <laughs> and, you know, I feel bad I didn't ever speak to you about it. But I knew you were doing it because you were always very flushed. And I was like, this is so <laughs> disgusting. Oh, no. I also, Bryony, went to, on, a, on, a, on a masturbation masterclass. No! <laughs> I know, it was so shocking. It was really frightening. We were advised to go home and, and try it in front of a mirror. But um No No I can't I can't I can't I want the producer to come on and say that I'm afraid due to technical issues this podcast is ending right now. Yeah, um yes, so that was it, yes. And we were it was at a place called Shush in London. And what what was can without going into details, please, what was the what are the benefits of that for people's brains? Oh well, funnily enough, there some very weird experiments have gone on, but some scientists got some women, wait for this, to masturbate in an MRI scan machine. <laughs> and it lit seriously, when they hit orgasm, it lit up every part of their brain. Much more than really speaking French or playing the recorder. Okay, so this is what you've learned from this. Masturbate in an MRI machine. That sounds very unsexy, I have to say. So, okay, but the, okay, so let's go back to the pelvic floor thing. So that is, that's another important thing, is it? It's, well, it's not necessarily for your brain, but it's certainly for your body. <laughs> okay. Did you, let's just move on. Please, can we just move on? Please, yes. can we, everyone, please move on. If you, I apologise. Oh, I'm just so, uh. I also did a study of lubricants. Which oh, is no! <laughs> They're very important for the older woman. <laughs> okay, right. Let's move on.
You did paddleboarding, didn't you? Oh, yes, I did that. But I mean, I didn't, I, I don't deal with that in the book because I fell in. I kept falling in. So I didn't manage to achieve that. I didn't, you did it, but I, I couldn't stand up. I could only kneel. Yeah, but I think it helps if you do it somewhere like exotic. Yeah. Where were you doing it? I, <laughs> in Slough. <laughs> okay, so yeah, well, I've I've done it in like the Turks and Caicos in Thailand. Like I don't, I, I think yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. a difference. Okay, so do you think like I have noticed because I know, and I hope you don't mind me talking about this. Like you, you know, you are like me, prone to feeling low, mm-hmm. but I have noticed that I think this book and doing all of these things have really helped your head. Oh, completely. I I absolutely loved it. I felt, you know, I mean, because I'm saying like I'm not I'm still doing some of the things like I do my life drawing class virtually on a Monday evening still. Is that what who's who's modelling in it? Uh, various different models. We get a we get a little we get a photograph of them. OK. From from the man that runs the class. And, and obviously they're in the privacy of their own home now. So I'm still doing those things. But when I was doing them all simultaneously, you know, that that I mean, cliche, the more you do, the more you can do. It just it was just fantastic. I felt energized and rejuvenated, actually. How old are you really, mum? I, I can't remember. Mum, <laughs> you're the only podcast guest I've ever asked. How are you really? And how old are you really? <laughs> Am I actually older than you now? You are. Well, not till July, darling. Oh, I hope that um, once this lockdown is over, what are you most looking forward to doing? Well, I'd like to find a husband, Bryony. Okay, I was thinking about your family that do exist right now. Oh, no, the first thing I want to do is come, oh gosh, I just so want to be with with my family and just laugh and sit down around a table together and eat. I, I can't wait for that can you um (laughs) I can wait I can wait I can wait I can wait until like Christmas (laughs) if necessary I'll come and have lunch with you no I'm joking Uh, no I would like to I'd like to get out of London and like come and stay with you and like um I'd also like you to be able to come back and help out with Evie can I bring the cat though no no we've got too many animals in this house as it is I mean I say that we've got two guinea pigs and a currently a tadpole which is a whole other <laughs> pod- podcast entirely uh but yeah I feel it's it's weird it's like I think Edie is actually really she obviously misses everyone but <sighs> I think she's really enjoying having mum and dad around the whole time to cater to her every whim. <laughs> I was thinking that for children, in a way, and maybe, you know, they may get bored, but actually they must be feeling tremendously secure mm. because they've got mummy and daddy and, well, you know, whoever. But I think it must be very lovely to be at home, homeschooled for, I mean, not forever, obviously, but for a while. What, have, there been, have there been any, like, dark moments for you during lockdown? Well, I, I have to say that, I, like a lot of people, I shouldn't mention this, Bryony, but I have been drinking too much. No, that's all right. So those have been the dark moments, really, when I just feel, oh, you know, and like at five o'clock in, in government briefing time with Matt Hancock, I'm on my first gin and tonic. Well, I it's enough to drive anyone to drink, frankly. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, so I, I think that's, uh, and yeah, and I felt, 
I've also, and this is quite interesting, I've noticed that my friends who are obviously my age, I, I can't talk for your age, who are in long marriages that I did not envy. I never envied them because they all seemed to be arguing and they didn't seem to like it and they didn't seem to do much together. Mm. But suddenly they seem to be really together and I've become very envious of those marriages that I previously thought, oh my gosh, I'm so much better off on my own. Uh, and, and it's made me rethink that, of being alone. So you seriously are going to try and find a husband? Well, uh, yes. Hey, I mean, let, a husb- gonna... let a husband come and find you, Mum. Well, that would be the best thing. If anyone listening wants to get married to my mum, <laughs> please email me at briony.gordon at telegraph.co.uk or get in touch via the normal channels. And if they could come on horseback wearing a crown or something like that, do you know what I mean? A prince. But that is interesting. And then do you feel, because I know I'm really glad I'm not drinking Yeah. because I know that I would have totally used a global pandemic as an excuse to be pissed the whole time. And I know that alcohol is a, you know, like it's a depressant that masquerades really well as a relaxant. So there, you know, truth be told, there have been times during this lockdown when I've really thought oh my god I would love to have a drink and I know that actually I wouldn't love to have a drink because for me the consequences are just too dark the next day it would be like whatever I was putting off I would be putting off no no I think it would be wrong and I think that it's probably a good time to try and go I mean that's what I'm going to do for the next week because I've just been sort of every night drinking on and on my own you know people don't shouldn't really drink on their own should they? well I think you're but it's a bit I, tragic I'm sure there's lots of people listening who will be glad that you've said this because there will be lots of people doing it it's not tragic it's just human like mm. we are going through an extraordinary time and we're all doing what we have to get through and I think the more we pu- the more we talk about the coping mechanisms that we are employing or the coping mechanisms we don't have do you know what I mean I was going to say because I think the other thing is sleep is very strange now I think people are having disturbed dreams and and you do well I know I do and that's another thing that that I found difficult in lockdown is that sort of waking up at three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning and worrying and also thinking you've got covid Mm -hmm. when you actually haven't been out and there's no one there to say to you oh stop being silly you know Mm. and I think that to get to sleep perhaps I'm drinking more to get to sleep but then as you say I wake up and and it's a depressant well it's a very normal thing to feel Mm -hmm. so there's no don't like beat yourself up for it what would your tips be to anyone so we're into the final leg hopefully of lockdown but life as we know it is going to be very different now for uh, until we find a vaccine. We, I, I say that as if I'm looking for one myself. <laughs> if people were starting to feel a sort of, I suppose, a torpor, a kind of the inertia of lockdown, and I think people probably are, I feel a bit like we've hit, it's a bit like when you do a marathon. Yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned I've done a couple of marathons and you reach mile 19 and you like hit the wall and you've got like, you're, you're like, oh, I've got to carry on. And, you know, only the thought of a medal and a plate of pasta is keeping you going. What would your advice be to anyone listening who wants to kind of like try and, you know, stimulate themselves and rejuvenate themselves in the last couple of weeks? Like simple tips that they can incorporate into their daily life that don't involve having to perhaps, you know, sign up for any, you know, like do something major. So things that are kind of practical and achievable for people. Oh, <laughs> that's a big question. Well, I loved I loved life drawing and 
and and that that's really challenging it's really brilliant for your brain and your observation skills and your hand eye coordination it's really brilliant and it's fun and you could do that but virtually and you can do that with absolutely no artistic talent at all fabulous <laughs> what about exercise exercise yes well i mean i do do i mean it's tricky because obviously the gyms are all closed and and i'd never actually held a proper gym membership before i started this book and i do love it now but um, obviously i can't go so i'm just walking 10,000 steps and then in the evenings I do the cha-cha-cha around the house to music. Fabulous. What about brain games? I mean I'm I think my professor said that it was okay for me to do these brain games because some of them are quite good for you as long as I didn't pay for them. Ah can you pay for them? (laughs) Bryony I think Candy Crush is that? Mum Candy Crush is not a brain game. That's just a game. Just a confession to all the listeners. I am obsessed with Candy Crush and it's my it's my little soothing thing that I might do occasionally <laughs> every evening. <laughs> and I am at level 4,000 something or other. But anyway. Mine is two dots. Did you do two dots? Now that- I did it. I did it a bit, but my heart belongs to Candy Crush. Wordscape, all those games. They, they're very good for you. As long as you don't pay for them. Don't pay for them, yes. We don't want to get into that. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I don't really need to be polite to you like I am to my usual guests because you're my <laughs> mum. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming on my podcast. <laughs> it's been so lovely and I miss you so much. And I just, wh- one thing I would say, because I know most of your listeners are young, and just ring your old mum because I think... I, I love it when Bryony rings me. Yeah, don't have to ring my mum. You don't have to ring my mum. <laughs> well, that would be nice. <laughs> but also, like, there might be people listening who don't have, like, their mums might have passed away or, yeah. you know, let's think about, you know, like, like just reach out to someone yes. who maybe is a bit, is more vulnerable than you. Yeah, absolutely. And who'd actually love to just have a five-minute phone call. Just a chat. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll 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 call. Does this count as my? Does this count? Does, yes. does this podcast count as my daily call? You don't have to bother till tomorrow. Although Edie would be very nice to talk to her later. Edie and my mum play games. They play Triver, as Edie calls it. Triver or trivia, as the rest of us would call it, on house party yeah. for hours, hours on end. <laughs> Thank you, Mum. Thank you, darling. Um, so I feel feels a bit weird promoting your book at the end. How Not to Get Old by Jane Gordon is available now. <laughs> and you can follow my mum on Instagram as well. I'll put all those in the uh, show notes. And maybe if you follow her, you could send her a message, get her number and give her a call so I don't have to. <laughs> Thanks, mum. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Before you go, I just wanted to tell you about something we're doing here at The Telegraph. We've launched You Are Not Alone, a collection of inspiring stories showcasing community spirit and helping you to stay connected to others. One of my favourite parts of it is our resident psychologist, Linda Blair, sharing her daily dose of calm, tips that will help you slow things down in this fast-moving situation. Social connectivity is more important now than ever, so click on the link in the show notes for more details and go to telegraph.co.uk forward slash madworld to get your first 30 days access to the website completely free. If you've been affected by anything we've talked about in our podcast today, the following organisations offer free and confidential support over the phone. 
The Samaritans can be reached 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 116-123. Or you can contact the mental health charity Mind for advice on a range of mental health issues. Their phone number is 0300-123-3393. That's 0300-123-3393. They're accessible 9am to 5pm, Monday to Friday, excluding bank holidays. Then there's Young Minds, who provide support if you're a parent or carer worried about a child's welfare. They're on 0808 802 5544. That's 0808 802 5544. If you prefer text support, Shout is a 24-7 UK crisis text service available for times when people feel they need immediate support. By texting SHOUT to 85258, a texter will be put in touch with a trained crisis volunteer who will chat to them using trained techniques via text. And remember this, you are not alone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 